welcome to the Wilco Podcast. Worship Leaders Collective is a worship community of over 32,000 worship leaders from 99 countries around the world. You can check us out online at worshipleaderscollective.com or type in Worship Leaders Collective on Facebook to get connected for free today. Our hope is to help equip you with the tools and resources you need so that you can be who God's called you to be and do what He's called you to do. You've been called for such a time as this. Listen up as we dive into another episode of the Wilco Podcast. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Wilco Podcast. My name is Jenny McGrew. This is episode number 19. And uh, call me a little biased, uh, but I'm pretty stoked about this one. Uh, This episode has my husband, Jake McGrew, in it. And uh, Jake is just such an extraordinary gift to the body of Christ. Uh, I had asked my husband to come and speak to our weekly class. For those of you who are part of Wilco Plus, um, and maybe you're not part of Wilco Plus, we actually have a weekly mentorship program, a weekly small group uh, for worship leaders around the world. Uh, just to encourage one another and help equip one another week in and week out. If you want to hear more about that, you can just go to our website, worshipleaderscollective.com, just to find out more. But I had asked Jake to come and speak to the class, and he had said, well, what do you want me to to speak about? And I said, I don't know. I want you to share something that's in your heart. I feel like you have something that everybody needs to say. And boy, did he ever. Uh, My phone was blowing up. Uh, after he shared. So I knew that it had really hit the mark, but I didn't want to hide. I didn't want to just keep it for our class. I just really felt strongly that a lot of um, other people that you today needed to hear this message, as I know a lot of us are needing a lot, a lot, a lot of encouragement in this season. So this is more of a message that he's preaching Um, So get ready because you're just about to feel like you can take on the world. This message is entitled, Whose Side Are You On? We're on the Lord's side. Take your sandals off because you're standing on holy ground. Mm -hmm. And I want to tell you today that God wants to have those holy ground moments with you. And it comes in those times when you surrender yourself to him. When you say, God, I'm going to put... You know, I have my feelings, I have my opinions, I have my thoughts about whatever I'm dealing with, but I'm going to lay them all down at your feet because I want to be on your side. What is it you want me to do? And then God says, I'm going to tell you what I want you. We're going to have a holy ground moment. We're going to have a, a space and time where I begin to impart life and direction and clarity to you. And then we go on here in chapter six and we see that's exactly what God does. God begins to impart direction and clarity to Joshua. So moving into chapter six, and we're not going to go through this whole story. So don't worry. Don't you worry about that. We're just going to make a few points in here. Um, it says, now the gates of Jericho were tightly shut because the people were afraid of, is, of the Israelites and no one was allowed to go out or in. And that's kind of a parathetical um, verse, meaning that we are continuing on from chapter 5, verse 15, when, when God said, take your sandals off, you're standing on holy ground. Verse 1 is like, by the way, this is happening in Jericho. And then verse two is the continuation of the conversation. When God said, take your feet off because you're standing on holy ground. Verse two is the Lord continuing to speak or about to find out what God said to Joshua when he was standing on holy ground. I don't know about you. 
I don't know what your life looks like, but I need holy ground moments with the Lord where he speaks directly to me and he gives us clarity and he gives us wisdom. You know, me and Jen right now, we're, we're building a house. Is it okay if I tell a little bit of the story? Hopefully we're building a house. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're that tells with, you a lot right there. <laughs> guys, we're living with my parents right now. It is the best. When I say the best, I'm saying the opposite. I say it's, <laughs> it's the best it, in It's Jesus opposite name. day. It's opposite day <laughs> in this meeting. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so we're building a house. And uh, this process started in December-ish, January-ish. And it's just been dragging on and on and on. And here we are in June. And the ground has been dug, but nothing has been built yet. And just... Just about a month ago, we came to a place where we really had to stop and pray and say, God, did we miss something? Is this, is this your plan for us? We had to stop and take a step back and make sure that both of us were on God's side, that this wasn't just an idea that we had that, hey, it'd be a great idea to, to sell our house and build a new house and, and flip that and make some money. We had to make sure that this was God's plan and God's ideas. And so we had to take a step back and get on holy ground and say, God, what is it you are saying to us? We all need holy ground moments in our life to know how to move ahead, to hear the voice of God speaking to us clearly so we know what steps to take. And I want to tell you, in holy ground moments is where God reveals destiny and direction and clarity. Those steps that you need, that wisdom that you need to have in your life, the understanding, the revelation, where do you think that comes from? That only comes from spending time in the presence of God. You've got to get yourself in God's presence. You've got to get onto holy ground. And to get on holy ground, you've got to surrender who you are. You've got to surrender your plans, your thoughts, and your purposes and say, God, what is it you want? Because I'm going to get myself in line with you. So I want to show you this here. Uh, in verse two, the Lord is continuing to talk in this moment. And he says, the Lord said to Joshua, I've given you Jericho, its king and all its strong warriors. You and your fighting men should march around the town once a day for six days. Seven priests will walk around the ark, each carrying a ram's horn. On the seventh day, you're going to march around the town seven times with the priests blowing their horns. And when you hear the priests give one long blast on, all, on the ram's horns, you and all the people will shout as loud as they can. Then the walls of the town will collapse and the people can charge straight into the town. Guys, what a super weird direction for the Lord to give them. <laughs> <laughs> these are soldiers this is an army there's more there's more than like a million people out here and god says okay guys i've got a plan this is how we're gonna do it what i want you to do is i want you to line up all your people get them all together put some horns out front and we're gonna march around <laughs> the city blowing these horns we're going to march around the wall and you're just going to march around it once a day for six days, guys, not one day, not two, not three, not four, not five, six days. You're going to march around this city. And then on the seventh day, you're going to march around it seven times. And on the end of the seventh time, we're going to blow the horns and you all get to shout. And then the walls are going to fight and you get to go take the city. 
Guys, the Lord works in ways that we do not understand. God is going to tell you some stuff sometimes that is contrary to what your logical mind says. God's going to say, I want you to go this way when everything else says you should go that way. But you need to know that's how the Lord works. And you've got to get on God's side because I want to tell you this. The first thing the Lord says, look at this. The first thing the Lord says is he declares victory. That's, the, that's where he starts from. That's his starting point. He says, uh, I have given you Jericho, its king, and all its warriors. Boom. You already have the victory. You've already won. I've already given it to you. That's his starting place. And then he goes on and gives them clear directions about how to do it. That's how good God is. That's what God wants to say to you. By the way, we've already won this fight. You've already won this battle. Don't worry about it. I've given it to you. And listen, through the work of Jesus on the cross for you and me today, you have already received the victory. You've already won the fight. You've already run those battles that you have to fight and deal with because the name of Jesus is greater and higher than any other name that can be named. So you've already won. And then he goes on and says, now here's how you're going to do it. These are the steps that I want to take you through. Listen, when you have those holy ground moments, God declares victory over you. God says, this is our starting place. Victory is our starting place. Victory is the go point. Here's where we're going from. And then God in those holy ground moments will reveal destiny and direction for you so that you know clearly what steps to take in your life so that you can move forward. I love, if you look at this and read it out, I love how clear God was with what exactly he wanted the Israelites to do. Listen. The Israelites weren't, weren't anything really special. God didn't love the Israelites more than he loves me or Jen or Michelle or Vanessa or Nate. He doesn't love those people more than he loves us. And so if he gave them specific, clear instructions, he's going to give you specific, clear instructions for your life. Whatever you're dealing with, you've all got different things that you're going through. You've all got situations in your own life that only you and the Lord know about, but he knows exactly how to get you to victory in those places. He knows exactly what steps that you need to take. So there's one more thing I want to show you here, and I love it. So Joshua um, in verse six calls all the people together and he says, all right, I've talked to the Lord. City's ours. This is what we're going to do. We're going to march around. Can you imagine what those people thought when Joshua told them, This is how we're going to go fight? This is how I fight my battles. <laughs> Can you imagine? They all had to like go and march around this thing. And um, in verse, let's start at verse eight, and we want to read to verse 10. Uh, it says, After Joshua spoke to the people, the seven priests with the ram's horns started marching in the presence of the Lord. And that's a really great phrase there, in the presence of the Lord. I talked a couple weeks ago here at church about practicing the presence of God. And just as a side note, just as a side reminder, you need to practice. You need to go everywhere you go, everything you do, every place you find yourself, every conversation you have needs to be in the presence of the Lord. Remind yourself of that, that you are always in his presence. He is with you wherever you go. You're not alone. You're not by yourself, that he's with you every step you take. So they were in the presence of the Lord, blowing the horns as they marched. And the ark of the Lord's covenant, which was the presence of God, followed behind them. 
Some of the armed men marched in front of the priest with horns, some behind the ark with the priest continually blowing the horns. And then Joshua says this in verse 10, and it's really key. He says, don't shout, do not even talk, not a single word from any of you until I tell you and then shout. And as I was reading this, I was like, man, that's a really interesting thing to say. And at first, when I remembered it, when I was thinking about this, this story a while ago, in my mind, it was the Lord who told them not to talk. But then I went back and read it again, and I realized that it was Joshua who gave the command of the Israelites not to talk. And I, I thought about it, and I was like, why would Joshua tell these people not to talk? And then I realized that it was most likely because people, when God gives orders and directions that are so contrary to what you think you should be doing, and you begin to walk them out, and it takes some time. It wasn't one day. It wasn't two days of walking around. It wasn't three days of walking around. It wasn't four days of walking around. Could you imagine by day four how, how confused and frustrated as a soldier, as a man of battle, as a man that is dressed to fight and you're walking around this massive city in the desert, in the heat, and all you want to do is attack somebody with your sword and you're walking around. I imagine by day four or day five, you would begin to complain. You would begin to fuss. And you would begin to say, why are we doing this? This doesn't make any sense. I don't like this. I don't want to do it. And you would begin to cause division and dissension. And you would begin to talk yourself out of what the Lord was wanting to do in your life. And so Joshua says to them, listen, here's what we're going to do. Nobody's allowed to talk because I don't want anybody talking us out of what God is going to do on our behalf. God right. said we're going to have victory. God declared victory in our life. God said this city, its king, and its warriors are ours. And so we're all going to zip it because this is going to be a hard next week. But we're going to walk through it and watch what God does. So I want you to shut your mouth. I want you to shut your mouth. In fact, I want you all to shut your mouth. And nobody can talk because I don't want anybody talking us out of what God is going to do. And sometimes, guys, you got to know when to shut your mouth. I grew up, my family's from the South. I grew up where we would say the phrase, shut up, shut up. Now in Canada, you're not allowed telling people to shut up because it's very bad. Telling people in Canada to shut up is very rude. But in, but in the States, in the Southern States where I grew up, you know, maybe it's an Oklahoma thing. I don't know. But it was like, hey, would you just shut up? And it wasn't like terrible. It was like, just be quiet is what shut up meant. But there are times in your life, God, when the, or guys, when the Lord speaks to you and he says, this is my plan for you. This is the direction I want you to walk. This is how I want you to walk. This is what I want you to do. And I know it's going to take longer than you thought. I know it's going to take longer than you hope. I know it's going to definitely be longer than you wish it would. I know it's going to be hard. But sometimes in those journeys, you've got to shut your mouth so that you don't talk yourself out of what God is doing on your behalf. Can I get an amen? Yeah. See, they go on here, and so they go and do what God says to do. They march around the city one day, two day, three day, four day, five days, six days. On the seventh day, they go march around seven times. That's so much marching around that city. But at the end of that seventh day, at the end of the seventh time on the seventh day, they begin to shout, and the Bible says those walls come down. And as those walls come down, 
the people of Israel rush in and take that city. Chapter 6 starts with God declaring victory, and it ends with the people having victory like God said. Starting and ending with victory. Listen, God could have said, I declare victory over you. But if the children of Israel didn't obey God's directions that he had given us, and this is where so many of us fall short and fail. God says, I've given you this. I've given you what you need. I've given you plans. I've given you, I've, I've given this to you. Now, here's how you need to get it. This is what you need to do. And so many of us get so excited about God saying, I've given this to you. We're like, yeah, whoa. And he's like, I want you to do this. And we say, whoo, that's a lot of work, Lord. I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I can walk that journey. I don't know if I can roam around that desert that long. And so we stop. And so we don't get the victory that God declared in our life because we didn't follow his steps and his direction for us. Amen. Amen. So my challenge to you today, my thought for you today is to get yourself on the Lord's side, whatever situation you find yourself in. Get yourself in those holy ground moments. Pull yourself aside. Fall at your face. Fall on your knees. Surrender your plans and your purposes to him and say, God, I want to be on your side. And when you do that, you step into those holy ground moments. And when you have those holy ground moments with the Lord, he begins to give you direction, impart destiny, share his plans and his purposes for you so that you can walk out what he's called you to do to receive the victory that you need in your life. That's all I got. That's good. Really good. Hey, guys, wasn't that great? Before we go any further, I want to have time for questions. I just don't want to lose this holy ground moment because that was a holy ground moment word. I think we'd all agree. And what's amazing about a word like that is so many different people are walking through different things right now. So you you will have all heard different things from that, you know, because we're we're all seeing things through the lens of what we're going through in our own life. Um, but there's also a plumb line of what the Spirit of God is saying. Vanessa knows where I'm going with this, I think. But Vanessa, I would like you to just share the heart of God through that, whether it's a prophetic word, whether it's a song, um, but just released in your spirit. She's looking at me now. Yeah. Um, what you feel like the Lord is saying to everybody, just, mm-hmm. you know, just hit the plumb line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, Jake, that was, first of all, Jake, that was like straight fire. I'm so thankful. Um Oh, wow. wow. I'm getting really emotional. Sorry. Um, well, I'm not sorry, actually. Um, <laughs> I'll get emotional if I want to get emotional. Um, I, I feel like the presence of God is so weighty right now. And he wants us to all in our individual places to just right now actually activate the word that we just heard, that we are not just hearers of the word, but we are doers of the word. And so as you activate, I just ask right now, Holy Spirit flood into each and every home right mm-hmm. now, wherever we are. Mm-hmm. Woo. Okay. Lord, we, we take your word so seriously. And just like Joshua said, what do you want us to do? How do you want us to do this? Lord, we thought we knew where we were going and we feel stalled in so many places in our lives. And we're frustrated with the places that we stand. 
But you're saying to us so clearly right now that this is not a time for frustration, but this is a time for faith to arise and that unbelief is being broken systematically right now in the name of Jesus. Every spirit of unbelief, we break your power, your hold over our destinies, over the way that God wants them to be done. We thank you for the breaking, the breakthrough power that breaks every spirit of unbelief. And that's what it was that that. Joshua was holding back from. He said he will not allow unbelief to enter his camp. And that's why they held their tongue. That's why they couldn't talk because we talk ourselves out of our victory. So right now in the name of Jesus, we speak to our tongues. We tell them to hold fast. We tell them to only find the word of the Lord in this moment, in these in these seasons, where we release the words of the Lord and we will believe what the word of the Lord says to us. And so right now we open our hearts to the servant, to be a servant, the greatest servant of them all. And we just declare we can hear your direction clearly in our lives. We hear your strategies clearly right now. And every spirit of unbelief that has been making it confusing, that is making the words not work. And we're like, I don't know where I'm going. What is happening? It's unbelief and it's broken today. I declare the spirit of unbelief is broken in the name of Jesus. And we will believe what the word of the Lord is telling us today. And we walk with power and courage. I just declare courage to come in this hour right now to fulfill what God is telling us to do. And it doesn't have to look like what we think it should look like. And we just let go of our opinion. Just let your opinion, just release your opinion and receive the opinion of the Lord. And it's just that simple. And we just thank you, Lord, for it. We receive it in Jesus' name. I receive it. Amen. You know, there's, thank you. Amen. We're all shouting amen to that. Thank you. Um, There's so much freedom in just taking the Lord at his word. Just taking the Lord at his word. I was thinking last night um, in our service yesterday, we had a bunch of young men and young women um, from a recovery center in our area come to church. Um, I was preaching at the men's campus this week. So um, they really took a shining to, to Jake and um, I think just to our church and they wanted to come check it out. And so it got me thinking about our own family's you know, struggle with addiction. Um, when I was two years old, my parents ended up in a revival meeting. Um, they were not Christians. And the pastor asked my dad if he wanted to accept Jesus in his heart. My dad said, not really. Um, But I was just actually, I might post something about this on Instagram today because um, I love, I love that I love that I love that my dad being a raging alcoholic in so much pain in our family, you know, just generational stuff. um, He didn't understand what the pastor was saying. He probably didn't understand why he was in that meeting. He didn't understand But there was something, there was a speck of something in him that said yes to something that he didn't understand. And I was just so aware. It was late last night and I was thinking about this and I was in my room just like, you know, just being so grateful to my dad's for his yes to something that he didn't fully understand. And when he said, yes, I will, I will accept Jesus Christ into my life. I will accept something that I don't understand because I feel like this is the right thing that I want to make Jesus Christ the Lord and savior of my life, that that freedom came, that freedom for all of you, that freedom, you know, crooked paths being made straight, rough places being made smooth, rivers in the desert are all on the other side of us. Just, you know, when things don't make sense, 
when God says to march seven times, maybe Jake and I are going to go march today around the property. I don't know. <laughs> Seriously, like idiots. You know, I'm just, I don't know. Who knows what the Lord could ask any of us to do? We don't know. We are just his servants. But but if we will just, you know, this is, you know, what the Lord is saying. If we will just take God out of his word, not complicate things, not get caught up in the in the the noise, you know, and, and not, you know, step back into maybe our subconscious patterns of just being unbelieving or being like, well, it hasn't happened yet. It's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. But just choose today just to say yes to God, that, 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 that stuff that's been, maybe things have been hemming us in, holding us back will be broken in the name of Jesus. And for some of us, it's just still having the strength to just, you know, keep walking and staying in step with the Lord's timing. So um, thank you so much, Jake. I just, I'm sure everyone has something that they could say um, and just share their testimony, but we don't have time for testimony time, but we do have time for a couple of questions. And Vanessa, thank you. That was powerful. Super powerful. We're so grateful for everybody here and for everybody not on today's class, <laughs> really missing out, <laughs> really missing out, but I'm sure they're all having fun. It's Memorial Day. So um, a couple of questions. Oh, Irene's saying she needed to be here today. Yeah, I think so too. Um, do you guys have any questions pertaining to today? Anyone? Anyone? Bueller? Bueller? <laughs> Anyone? Yeah, sure. Uh, I'll, I'll take a question. Yeah, you go for it. Yeah. Okay, so Jake, you were brought up probably word of faith, I would imagine, just because I know your background a lot. And so what's the difference? What's the difference between speaking faith and being in denial? What's the difference between speaking like faith? You, and like, how do you position yourself to speak the word of the Lord, even though let's say you're like, I don't believe this, but I'm going to like, so how do you, what's the process like? Because like a lot of people are like, I'm saying the right things, but nothing is right. really working. Because I think there's a process that sometimes we miss that connection where it's like, don't say right. anything bad. Right. But like, what does it look like to be like, okay, well, I still believe something bad. So how do I get that out and just speak faith? You know what I mean? Like, I, I think you might have a answer to that. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, that's uh, for, yeah, so that's how we grew up, right? Um, and me and Jen have this conversation a lot. And we probably grew up with like, you can't say anything. Like, you could only say the word of God and you have to... Um, anything else is contrary to the word of God. You I'm laughing. Don't, just <laughs> you don't talk about it. Like you just don't say it. So how do you get yourself in that place of um, trusting God and, and walking through that? And it's, it's a journey. You've got to, I think what a lot of people do is they um, don't look at God move in all the small areas of their life. All those times that he has worked on their behalf. Um, you know, we only look for God in those massive major ways. And then when we come against these big obstacles in our life, we say, well, I haven't seen God move and now I'm going to trust him now. And then you go from like faith to denial, to doubt, to denial, to faith, and you bounce all over the place. And you've got to take the time and look back at your life. We just did a series called Remember When? And the whole point of the series in church was remembering when God had moved at different points 
in in the Bible so that people could look. And, and the point was to try and trigger people to look into their own lives about remembering when God had moved in the big areas and the small areas so that your faith is built so that when you come against those massive um, obstacles in life, you've got some faith, you've got something you can say, well, I know this is tough, but I've seen God move here, 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 and here. And if he's done it these times, I know that he can do it again. We kept saying, if he did it once, he can do it again. And um, I think that's a real key to it, being thankful for what God has done in every situation. And here's, here's the thing, like we, <clears throat> we as humans try and put, put God into a box of, of big and small. Everything, everything is big and small. Very big good. sin, big sin, small sin. Small sin could be okay. Big sin is terrible. Uh, big miracles are outrageous and we need to tell the world small miracles. Uh, those are like personal and like, you know, they could have been God. They could have been something else. When in reality, God doesn't live big and small. God is God in every circumstance, in every situation. And so uh, we need to recognize that when God does something that we deem small in our life, it's still God moving in our life. It was just a small thing to us, but it was still God working and moving. And we need to say, listen, even though God healed me of that headache, right? Like I had a headache and I prayed and that headache was gone. That may be small to you, but it's an act of God moving in your life. And so now I've got leukemia. I've got cancer. I've got diabetes. I've got all these other things going on in my body, but God healed me of my headache. So why can't God heal me of this? Because there is no big and small to God. It's just God working and moving the way that he wants to. So I think it starts, I hope this is answering your question. I think it starts with being thankful for God moving all the time in your life, whether you deem it big or small. Yeah. And I was going to add that, Jake, totally to what you're saying is the key is to be thankful because the truth is, is that God's in all of it. And I might have shared this with you guys before. So forgive me if I'm repeating myself. But um, when I was a kid, um, there was this family that in this season of our life that would babysit me. And my friend Russell and I would go home from school together. And there was this one day um, that there was a rainbow. Um, there was a rainbow in the backyard and I don't know if you guys ever remember trying to like see the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow or, you know, and Jake probably just thinks this is funny for me because I'm not too imaginative like that. Um, but him and I can remember it really was, <clears throat> well, it was very magical in my mind today, but we were holding hands just as friends. We we're just like, like, seriously, like grade one, grade two. And like running through the field, <laughs> running through the field, though, trying to find the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Well, obviously what happened, you know, the rainbow just dissipates and we don't find the pot of gold at the end of a rainbow. Um, but I can remember um, a couple. So fast forward massively ahead. And a few years ago, actually, well, it would have been like five years ago now. Sean Foyt was in um, Calgary. We were part of the burn 24 seven in Calgary. And um, he was singing this song, Take Me Back, Back to the Beginning, When I Was Young, Running Through the Fields with You. And I just began sobbing. Like, I'm sobbing like a little girl because at that moment, I forgot about Russell and I running through the fields, you know, to this, you know, this rainbow. We're trying to get to the end of the pot of gold. And Jake and I were going through a tough time in that season in Calgary. And the Lord told me, he said, there's no pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. He said, I am your pot of gold. Every single moment of every 
single day. And it was just so, and I'm sobbing like a little girl because I felt totally set free in that moment because I was so aware, like when Jacob's, you know, Jacob's dream in Genesis, when, you know, with the ladder, the angels were ascending and descending, he wakes up and he says, surely the Lord is in this place. And I wasn't even aware of it. But for us, as we're thankful that we become aware that the Lord is moving on our behalf every single moment of every single day. And that fact alone in my own life has totally set me free from unbelief in that season because I am so aware that each and every day that my good, good father loves me extravagantly. He's always working on my behalf. I just have to stay thankful, you know, stay in the word, stay thankful with my eyes set on him, knowing that even in this season of, you know, Jake and I, actually, I was a little frustrated this morning on the way here, you know, we're talking about the house, but just with different things, you know, that it's incumbent on me to stay thankful so that I have eyes to see, that I have ears to hear and realize that things might seem stalled right now in my tiny perspective as a child of God. But if I could just go up a little bit higher and look down at my life where the Lord sees the end from the beginning and he's just laughing, you know, Psalm says he who sits in the heavens laughs and he's like, you got nothing to worry about, Jenny. You got nothing to worry about. If you could only see the end of your life, now I'm crying, from the beginning, you would see that I'm moving on my behalf. You would see that really any closed door is just a blessing from me right now that I'm taking care of you. And you are going to, you are going to, everything for your life is going to happen. I'm going to make everything beautiful in my timing, not yours. So just slow down, enjoy the moment, keep running through the fields, keep, keep your eyes set on me. And, uh, and I'm in all of it. So surely the Lord, you guys, is in this place of your life. And may we all have eyes to see and just be fully aware and just stay faithful to that thing that's right in front of us. And that's the key. I think so times we get overwhelmed and and when we're feeling unsettled, you know, we start running here and then we start running there. We start comparing ourselves to this. We start comparing ourselves to that. And now we've just totally like out of focus now. We're totally out of sync, you know, with the Lord, just through allowing ourselves just to get fearful. And instead of just as we're walking on water, just fixing our eyes on the Lord. Like, what did, if, were you guys in Dustin's class? Wasn't that so good on Wednesday? It was so good. One of the things he said was, and even if your ship has sailed, you can still walk on water. And I just think that that alone just totally sets us free. Um, so anyway, thanks, Jake. Thanks, Vanessa. Awesome. This is just awesome, awesome. And we are recording right now, so I did catch half of it. Irene, you have about one minute to ask a question. Are you still on here? Yeah. Um, yeah I had a question. So you just mentioned something about when it seems like you are in one place. And I remembered the story of the persistent widow. And my question is, how do we keep on going to God like that persistent widow, making sure that we are going to him in faith and laying aside our fear and our doubt? Because I feel like sometimes we go to God and sometimes think, are you still working on this? Are you still thinking about me? Are you still doing this? But how do we actually go to him every single time persistently and making sure that we are still in faith and not in fear or doubt? Uh, that's a real good question. And I'm thinking right, right when you started talking about it, <clears throat> I thought right away of the guy with the demon-possessed son who came to the Lord and he said, can you heal my son? 
And the Lord said, I, he said, what do you mean if? I, I can do anything if you only believe. And the guy's response is the answer to your question. He says, uh, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Um, God's not afraid of, of you working through your doubts and your fears and your not understanding as long as the position of your heart is help me, help me to change, help me to get on your side, help me to understand um, what your thoughts. Um, you know, there was a time when uh, Jen was pregnant and Josiah was breached inside. And so I had to go home and, and she was almost due to give birth. And so I took the day off. And I went home and I started praying and I had to get myself to a place in faith where I could see Josiah turning inside of Jen's stomach. But it took me praying over and over again, Lord, I believe, I believe that you can do this, but help my unbelief. Um, and he's, he's not afraid of that. He's okay with that because what you're really saying is change me, mold me, shape me more into your image so that I can be who you've called me to be. Yeah. Amen. Did that help, Irene? Uh, yes, it did. Thank you so much. So, so awesome. Um, okay, so we're at time. We're right at an hour. So I know it would be nice just to like stay on here all day, but we really try to keep these to an hour. And mostly um, it's just because I like to create a community of trust so that you guys know that when you have things to get back to that would be like, nope, they're only going to stick to an hour. You know, I'm not going to get stuck here all day. Um, everyone's got different things going on. Amen, Irene. Um, Jake, would you just pray a pastoral prayer over yeah. everybody here before we leave? Yeah. Father, we thank you uh, for the time that we had together in your presence. God, I just ask that you are opening our hearts um, and our minds and our eyes and our ears so that we hear your voice so that we see your truth and so that your word goes deep into our heart and finds a home. Mm -hmm. God, I thank you that in each of our lives that you are showing and you're pointing out to, out to us areas where we may be holding on to our own beliefs and our own thoughts or where you have spoken to us and told us steps to take, but we have stopped uh, we've, we've declared your victory, but we haven't taken the steps that you've told us to take. So, Father, I thank you that you are pointing those areas out to us and giving us the grace and the strength to begin to um, rewalk those things out so that we can go to the places you've called us to go and that we can be the people that you've called us to be. Father, I thank you that you're filling us with your love, your wisdom, your strength, and God, above all these things, we pray that your kingdom comes, and that your will is done uh, both in us and through us for your good pleasure. We love you, Jesus. And in your mighty, precious name, we pray. We all said amen. Thanks for listening to today's episode. We hope you felt encouraged and a little more equipped for the journey you're on this season. If you're interested in weekly mentorship in a small group setting or would like to find more worship resources, check it all out at worshipleaderscollective.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Connect, encourage, and equip. This is what we're all about at Wilco. We go together, not alone. Together, we can help move church forward.